Hello, and welcome to King's Chapel Canada's podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at King's Chapel Canada. Now featuring Althea Matias. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Althea. I am going to talk to you today about the power of God. Because you know what? Right now, everyone's scared. They're peeing their pants. And... I just realized that we have forgotten the power of God and what he has afforded to us and what he has done for us and who he is. All right. So real quick, um, obviously God has so much power and he can do all things through Christ. We can do all things through Christ. God can do everything. Um, but this is not like fully extensive of everything God's able to do. There's going to be, there's so much more that he can do, but I'm just going to give you seven things to remember, to hold on to, and realize the power of God. So the first one is, he has the power to heal, y'all. He has the power to heal. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his body, his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Okay? God sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he bore our sins and our iniquity. He bore it. He took it all. He took it on the cross so that we don't have to die for it. And then it says that being dead to sin, so all y'all who are living unholy right now, okay, who say you're saved, but you're not living dead to sin, here's a reminder for you that you should be living holy. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Other translations, be perfect for I am perfect. Am I saying that you're supposed to be perfect tomorrow? No. But Joyce Meyer always says, you know, um, your faith and your walk with God isn't that you're perfect tomorrow. It's that you're just a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And it's just a reminder that we actually are called to live sinless lives. You know, the Bible says that he who does righteousness is a child of God and he who does workers, works of evil is a child of the devil. It's very black and white in, the, in God's eyes. And I always say this too is if sin is no big deal, then why do we tell sinners to repent? So that they'll be Christians and then they'll just struggle with sin? No, that makes no sense. It's important. Literally, the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that Christ died for our sins so that we can live in what? So that we should live unto righteousness. We were dead to sin so that we could live in righteousness. So start living righteous. Righteousness, okay, is also known as doing the right thing. Um... It's rightness with God. It's being right before God. That when God looks at you and you look at your life, not behind your eyes, not behind the world's filter, not behind, you know, your best friend's filter, but behind God's lens, in God's eyesight, are you right? Are you doing what's right in God's eyes? That's righteousness, okay? And it says, by whose stripes ye were healed, okay? Jesus Christ, before he died on the cross, okay, he died for your sins. But before he died on the cross, he was whipped 39 times. Okay, like whipped, lashed, well, not whipped, not whipped, lashed, but he was lashed and he was, he got 39 slashes on his back and y'all, it was bleeding. It was open. You know, imagine like just like one slash or like two and then the other slashes are just going on top of the other ones. Anyways, he bore, he suffered, he was in turmoil, he got hurt and he suffered for our sickness and disease so that we don't have to. And the Bible says in second, in first Peter 2, 24, it says, by whose stripes, whose Jesus stripes. Ye were healed. Ye were healed. Ye is you, okay? Ye, that's right. You were healed. Meaning, were is past tense. Healed is past tense. Meaning, because Jesus Christ took that already, you are healed. So the same way that we believe that our sins are forgiven, okay? And we don't need to, you know, we don't need to die every day 
Um, I mean, you have to die to your sins every day, but we don't have to go on a cross and physically die for our sins every day to come back to life again. The same way we believe that our sins are forgiven because Jesus already took care of it on the cross, likewise, we can believe our sickness and disease is taken care of when he was whipped because the Bible says, by his stripes, ye were healed. And you guys, that's just one aspect of God. Like he heals you, you know. The Bible says that um, if you lay cold to his commandments, that he will make sure that no sickness and disease comes upon you. That's in Deuteronomy. So right now, okay, in this world where everyone's freaking out because there's diseases and plagues and pestilence all over everywhere. The Bible says that if you, you know, it also says in um, Acts 13.31, it's, or 13.35, it says, I will not allow my holy one to see corruption. If you live holy... God will protect you. He won't allow you to see corruption. He will protect you so that you won't get sick. He will literally, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, that he will make sure that no sickness and disease, no plagues will come upon you. That's what happens when you live holy. And you guys, that's like, that's one of God's things. That's like, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know, the Bible says that um, his hope is that we may be in good health and prosper. So be in good health is num- like, sorry, it's that you may prosper and be in good health. It's that order. So it's, prosper and then heal so the second one is heal it's a part like if christianity if anyone says like what is the main two things um that life is like if you're a christian i like to say well a like this isn't a part of them but the first one is like a if you die you're not afraid because you get to go to heaven um but the the main things is a like you prosper your life is prosperous you thrive um the world will go up and down but you stay up that's the life that you have when you live for god and the second thing is i my favorite one is we can't get sick we are divinely healthy. We're divinely whole. Um, and all you got to do is claim that over your life. The same way that um, you got to claim forgiveness over your life. You know, you got to say, Lord, forgive me. The same way that you have to do that. And you believe by faith that you're forgiven. Likewise, you claim that you are healed. And by, by faith, you receive your healing. Same thing. Okay? So God has the power to heal. And I think we forget that because... When everyone's sick and everyone's doing all kinds of things, we think, oh, like, you know, we got to make sure our immune systems are good. And yes, it's important to be healthy, but God has the power to heal. And just an example um, is I had a friend who, um, who like, she's a friend, but she's kind of like, she's older. She's, I think she's in like her forties, but I like knew her growing up and she was a family friend. And then she was diagnosed with cancer, brain cancer back in, I think in like 2019. Um, and then in the beginning of 2020, I was praying and fasting and I was like, you know, um, I was like, I want to see cancer healed is like one of the things I wanted to see big healings. Cause I believed in healing. I believe that God can do it. I was like, Lord, I want to be a witness. Lord use me. I want to see that happen. Um, I want to see sick, hurt people with cancer be healed because of your power. Um, And so during my, it was day 14 of fasting. We did 21 days in the beginning of the year. Uh, The whole body of Christ did. Um, And on day 14, I was like, I woke up and my mom had told me that this lady who was diagnosed with cancer was now declared on hospice. Like they were putting her in hospice. And the Holy Spirit like quickened me and said, go, go over there and go pray for her because I'm going to heal her. And so we drove three hours over the border. We went to, I think it was Everett. um, And we prayed and she got healed, you guys. And she, you know, first, like, she received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, her and her whole family, so they're all saved. And and then we prayed for healing, and I said, you know, as a child of God, healing is now your portion. And I, I literally said that verse, that by his stripes we are healed. Um, I said Isaiah 53, that, you know, by his wounds you are healed. Um, and now that you're a child of God, like, health is a portion. 
like is your portion to receive and she um the, i remember i was trying to pray like because I, I prayed for people before when they're sick and i felt like and it's pretty fast you just go and jesus name be healed um but i felt because it was cancer that i need to pray longer because you know you just think oh it's like so big and i remember like about 20 seconds into the prayer um i like felt like i needed to fluff it up and add more and the holy spirit was like it's done and i was like what and he's like it's done and I was like I didn't feel the need to pray anymore because the Holy Spirit told me it's done and I, I was like how do you feel and she was she could feel the faith being like risen up in her body and the next day she went the they, they um discharged her um and you know what's crazy is the doctor had given her three weeks like they were like yeah you know like you have three weeks to live and the doctor was even like oh yeah you know we've tried everything and you know we say three weeks but oftentimes patients that we give three weeks to they don't survive more than a, a week like she's like we're very generous with the three weeks like we're saying three weeks but just be prepared that it's going to be definitely less than three weeks is basically what she told them and she the doctor was like basically go home and expect death um but you know what's crazy is that doctor came in after they got saved and her husband was like no and then the doctor was like what she was like, do you understand that your wife's just going to go home and die? And the husband was like, no. And then he, she's like, you don't understand that she's going to die? And he said, no, because I have faith that she's going to live. And the doctor was like, you know, a super like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, keep the faith, definitely important. But she obviously was not saved, so she didn't really believe um, what he was saying. But that was literally instantly. Like, they got saved, and then probably a couple minutes later, not less than an hour, he's already confessing faith and truth and life over his wife. And you know what? Um, they gave her three weeks to live. That was January 14th. It is now May 20th. No, it's not May. It's March 25th, um, and she's still alive today. She's not dead. She's alive, and she, my mom, like, um texted her the day after and she said the headache's gone you guys she had a brain tumor um like stage four you guys when you have a brain tumor your headache doesn't just go away like you're in constant pain because there's a, literally a tumor sitting in your head but it's gone and so we praise the lord but and that just shows you like you know cancer is intense like they say like cancer is like probably like one of the scariest hardest biggest things when it comes to like sickness and disease like at the devil's arsenal like that's like the biggest one he has but like god healed it and like literally seconds and likewise so with this whole coronavirus thing which isn't even cancer okay where people are actually recovering but god has the power to heal so if you are sick right now with anything know that it is your portion to be healed i just literally over my life whenever i feel like um, oh no like i get scared or whatever and i think i could get sick i just hold on to that verse and i say by your stripes i am healed and i remember that i'm already healed and it's already past tense and already jesus did all the work all i have to do is claim it over my life and as soon as i do that um I see the fruit and I'm not sick. Um, so yeah, that's the number one. God has the power to heal. So if you're scared of this virus, you know, if you're scared of the sickness, don't worry because God can heal. And not even that, but he also, the Bible says that healing is like the children's bread. So daily there is healing for you. But when you grow up in your walk with God, you're no longer just a child. You're like a mature Christian. And it says that you now get to partake in like divine health. So we, where you don't even, you can't get sick, you know, no weapon formed against you will prosper. You live at a level where you no longer get sick, so that you don't need healing. And, um, and then you can go pray for other people to receive that same revelation so that they can receive their healing. That's the level you want to get to. So continue to be in your work, continue to grow, grow your faith, grow your anointing, because, um, everyone benefits when you do that. Like the reason why, uh, there's this like great vessels de Bruyne, I believe is his name. Um, but he said that, when he was a young child, he saw people getting sick and um, like 
I remember he was saying that someone in his church was like super sick and the pastor was like, oh, can someone pray for him? And the pastor didn't even pray for the guy. And um, as a young boy, he was like, you know what? I want to carry the power and the anointing that I can be the one who can pray for that person and they'll be healed. And if that's what it is. It's like making yourself a holy vessel. That's why living holy is so important. But making yourself a holy vessel, learning the word of God, being trained in the word and the knowledge of God so that you can do what God's called us to do in great measure. Amen. So that's number one. God has the power to heal. Number two, God has the power to provide. Okay, I said the verse where um, the apostle says, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health. Prosper is number one. God wants you to prosper. Okay, the Bible says that he will make sure that um, those who trust in him, they will have everything they need. You know, you don't need to worry. The Bible says don't worry about anything, but be thankful and um, pray for everything and that He, the Lord will provide. You know, God is El Shaddai. You know what that means? El Shaddai means he is a God of more than enough. That means he has more than enough for your car payments, to feed the kids in Africa, to get the nice nails that you want, to have a savings, to have your kids go to school, to have everything. God is more than, that's what El Shaddai means. God is El Shaddai. He has more than enough. God, you guys have so much money. Um, like he has all of it. And he can, like he has the power to just hand it over to whoever he wants. So literally God is El Shaddai. He has more than enough. But what you need to do is you need to trust God as your sole provider. And I kind of think about like this, like, the different, when I'm talking about the power of God and who he is, is there's different ways that we receive power, like in our lives, like in our technology, there's electricity, there's batteries, there's like generation power, where generative power where you like, you know, run on a bike. There's different ways that you can conduct power or electricity, okay? So in the world, like obviously the best way to go is to just plug in um, into the outlet, right? And to get the life source to get the electricity to flow but sometimes um we we do the battery thing where it runs out or we'll we'll do like other things and the point is here's the point is god has the best he is the best form of power he is god okay and those of i'm talking to the christians right now um but you know who god is like god has so much power yet we don't rely on his power we rely on our own power we rely on the okay power, the like power that's like, oh yeah, I just drink coffee, that's my power. So that's like the battery thing where it runs out. Or we rely on ourselves or like even the people around us, we rely on them to like do all the stuff. And when we, and we always, and I hear this all the time in church where they go, you know, we always we look to God as like our last resort when we should really be thinking about him first. Literally, you guys use God as your first resort to everything, everything and anything. And literally your life will be changed because God has the power to surpass everything he can turn everything i'm getting ahead of myself but literally he has the power to provide everything so if you look to god first for everything you will have everything because the bible says that god is not a god god is not a father to withhold any good thing from his children so that means he's not going to withhold any anything so he's going to give you everything so god can provide he's el shaddai he will give you enough and to kind of give an example you know because people are worried right now in terms of finances because the economy is shutting down it looks like and um, just a little testimony in my own life to show you how, like, how God's real. Because when we share a testimony, it opens up the atmosphere to, for the God to do it again. And I know that my faith is built up when I hear someone share a testimony. Because I know if God did it for them, they can do it for me. Because God's not a respecter of persons. And um, right now, like, where I'm working, you know, every a lot of people's hours are getting cut. So my hours, what's crazy is, um, before I get ahead of myself, is... I was like, hey, I'm, I'm looking at my time because, you know, they're saying right now when everyone's in quarantine, it's a good time to plan and kind of figure out what you want to do in life. So you can make a plan. You have time to plan and think. 
And so I was um, leaving for work and I was thinking like, gee, I need more time to like do school, do business and like, you know, plan things for church and kind of like plan life out. But I was like, I need more time um, because my life is very busy. It's very full. Um, and I was like trying to come up with time frames of like when I can squeeze things in. I was literally like, I like on my way to work, I was trying to think like, I literally don't have time, like something to like give up. And I was like, I don't know what I can give up. And so then I went to work and my boss was like, um, you know what, like, because of like, um, hours and like everything closing down, I need to reduce your hours from like 40 hours to 20 hours. And, um, you know, most people would freak out and I was just like, okay. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's unfair to you. And I was like, no, it's fine. And in my head, I was thinking, I literally asked God, like, I need more time. And he gave me more time. And you're, and then you know what? Here was crazy too, is then there was off, then afterwards there was like a promotion offered because he was like, just until May, um, because then um, he said, there's this position opening up and I feel like you're resourceful and you learn really quickly and I feel like you'd be good, um, like a good help and I feel like you would be good in this position. And so he offered me basically like another position in May. So I have like now until May, so I have about six weeks to kind of do what I wanted God to do. I just wanted some time to get ahead, to pick up all the things that I've been wanting to do and to go in that area. And then that happens. And like, and, and money's coming out of interesting places too. Like I'm getting like checks reimbursed and like I'm, God is just providing. And it's also, it, it just shows you like, you don't need to worry. And every time I've worried about money in the past, like I, I literally hold on to the scripture that says like, God, you will provide, um, you know, and I was like, you know what? The Bible says that when you win souls, you're wise and a laborer is worthy of his wages. God will pay you if you do his work. And it's true. I never, I was asking my sister, I said, when's the last time I asked you for money? Because I needed money. And she said, um, like two years ago was what she said. And I was like, wow, I did not know it's been two years since I've never lacked anything. Since my everything has been supplied for. I've never worried about money. I've never needed to ask for money because God has provided for me. As soon as, and two years ago was around the time that I've like switched into fully following God. So it just shows you guys that it's, it, his word is true and he will take care of you. So he will provide. So if you're worried about finances, um, you know, know that God got you, all right? And have faith and know that he is El Shaddai and just claim that over your life. Claim whatever you, whatever you want, claim it. You know, there's power in confession. There's, your expectation will not be cut off. If you say, I want an increase in money, Lord, I believe that you can make a way where there seems to be no way. Provide me an area of finances where I can't see right now. You know what? God will do that. That's literally what happened to me. I said, Lord, I want promotion. And I got promotion that fast in literally hours of time. That's how fast it was. Oh, another thing that I forgot to mention was when um, he, this happened. So this happened when he told me that my hours were being decreased. This happened um, on Monday. And what was crazy is a month ago, I was asking, I was like, Lord, like, I really want to work in ministry and I want to be involved in ministry. And... Um, and then that night, like, this ministry, like, sent an email, like, oh, we're hiring. And at the time, I had a full-time job. Like, I had a really good job. I was very happy with where I was at. Um, but God was like, yeah, apply. And so I applied. The cutoff was, like, February 29th, and I applied for it. And you know what? Um, after I applied for it, so in the beginning of March, I was like, you know what? I like this job, but I have a job. Like, I, if I, they offered me the job, I physically could not take it because I have a full-time job. But now I don't. Like, now I only have work part-time, so now I have the time to accept it. And when I was kind of um, freaking out a little bit, not freaking out, but when I was kind of just like, oh, like, just trying to think about money and hours and stuff and where money was coming from because God's practical as well, um, God was like, remember you applied for that job? And God brought that job to remembrance. So before this whole thing happened, God had set things in motion beforehand. So 
like know that God's going to take care of you and he has ways. He he doesn't want any of his children to suffer the same way that, you know, a parent if their child was suffering financially, they would like literally, you know, I I know people who like have sold their houses or have downsized to like help their children or they've taken their children in and like given them money. Like the same way that a parent would do that for their child financially, how much more your heavenly father who is perfect and loving and wants to take care of his children. God will take care of you financially. Um, number three is peace. God has the power to bring you peace. You know, the Bible says that when you worry about nothing, um, but you pray in everything, there's a power of peace that transcends and surpasses understanding that just comes upon you. There is a peace when people get saved. There is an instant peace in their life, the peace of knowing that they're going to heaven. God has the power to bring peace in the midst of chaos. God is peace. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. You know, peace is number three. Peace is a part of who God is. He has the power to bring, and if while we're on the t- topic, he has the power to give you joy in this season, to give you love in this season, and peace in this season. God is the author of peace. He is peace. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He has the power to just bring peace. And so when everyone else out here has anxiety and stress and fear and like chaos, like literally God has the power to just bring peace. You know, someone once said that chaos is the absence of peace. So all you need is the presence of peace and then chaos ceases. That's it. And God has that power. Let, literally. So don't worry and then pray. I, I did a podcast on this one. If you want to hear an in-depth, an in-depth version of that, um, listen to the podcast, How to Have Peace. And I go in there. But it just shows you that you can have peace. Okay, in this time where everyone's freaking out, you don't need to freak out the same way. The Bible says that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We don't function at the same level that everyone else is. You can be in this world and le- function and live in peace. Amen? Okay, number four is he has the power to turn everything for our good. You know, and that's so crazy. He literally has the power to turn everything for our good. Where it doesn't matter what you've done, how bad things have gotten, God has the power to turn every single situation around and turn it for our good. Not for God's good, not to make him look good. It's for your good. It says he makes all things work together for our good. He cares about your goodness and your well-being. He can turn everything. It does not matter. And it's crazy. Like, I know stories of people where, like, the husbands were, like, um, alcoholics and like abusive and God turned it around and the family got restored like God can do that and he longs to do that like God is the perfecter of um writing new stories and showing redemption redemption and justification like that's and purification and sanctification that is literally God's like that's his signature man he turns everything that was terrible and makes it whole again every brokenness he makes it whole every hurt he heals every wound he heals um every he there's no heart that god can't change you know god like i I say this before is like god is in the business of changing hearts you know it doesn't matter how hard people are god has that power to change them and he can make everything turn to everything turn for our good and when he turns it gets better than it was before it's like god is a god of increase so it's above only never beneath head and not the tail so wherever you're at if you right now you're like you're like, yo, I don't feel on top of guess what? That means that there is room for God to move and he'll increase you. And the cool thing is, is God never stops increasing. He's He's God. So there's no limit to how good he can take you. So let him know, let believe that, you know, how you put the word of God into action. You believe it and then you expect it. And then you do whatever God tells you to do. That's it. You read it, you believe it, and then you expect it for your life. That's faith. Believing that God's word is true and expecting it to happen in your own life. Because right now, I think the biggest um, 
hurdle and like a struggle that people are dealing with is like they know the word of God but they don't believe it and they don't expect it in their own lives or they'll believe it but they don't expect it and your expectation is what becomes your reality whatever you expect is what your reality is in everything in life if you expect something to be hard it will be hard if you expect for something to be easy it will be easy likewise so expect the word of God when it says that you will have peace expect that when the Bible says that um, God will provide and he's El Shaddai expect that when God says he'll heal expect that you know um, Adala Shuttlesworth was saying this thing where um, her sister works in oncology or like she used to work in oncology which is like the cancer section and she said that when patients were getting chemo if you ever know chemo it's like a drip it's like an IV drip and it slowly drips like drop by drop it enters into their body and she said that she what she would do when she gave chemo to parent patients is she would have them picture that chemo going in and destroying the cancer she was like just stare that every drip that you see is going in to destroy the cancer that every drip is one step closer to your healing and she would just have them focus on that and expect that to happen. And she said that she had like a 90%, an 85 to 90% success rate. That they were literally fully healed. These were people who were getting chemotherapy of cancer and they were getting healed. Compared to, like, I don't know what the stat was in the hospital, but like most people, they would like compare to, they wouldn't get healed. Like most people, they like, you know, the, you know, you guys know the statistics with a lot of people who get cancer, do chemotherapy and still die, right? Um, but essentially this person was like, you just expect that that chemotherapy is going to heal you because and those ones would get healed compared to the ones who would just sit there on their phones and like just like kind of hazy with their eyes like not really expecting anything they're just like yeah I'm doing this we'll see if it works but they didn't have an expectation they didn't hone in and picture what it was doing and that's what it means to picture the word of God in your life and expect it for your own life expect it and then believe it and it will happen because the Bible says if you believe you've already received it you will have it. So that's literally the key to faith. Believe you already received it and you will have it. If faith is what, if we live by faith and not by sight and faith is where we're supposed to be and we believe we're there and that's how we get there, then that's how you need to feel, like focus your life on everything. You know, the word of God is a standard. The Bible, what it says that we can have is the standard of what I expect for my life. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ. So I expect to be able to do everything. There's nothing in this world that I believe I can do because the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ. That is the standard. I don't hold my standard to my grades or my what people say about me, what my credentials say, I'd, what, whatever. I don't hold that. I don't hold that standard or whatever the world says, according to women or not as you know. I don't believe those things. My standard, what I believe, the level that I live at and what I expect for my life, the standard is the Bible. And when you hold the Bible as your standard, you start to live at a higher level than everyone else. Because guess what? The world is the opposite of the Bible. They're not functioning the same way the Bible says. In everything. The Bible says um, don't have sex until marriage. The world says have casual sex, no big deal. In everything in life, the world and the Bible are the opposite. So if you keep living by the world, you will continue to have world results. But if you live by the Bible, you will have biblical results. And biblical results, I mean, are like Samson, who could, who was the most strong, like the strongest man on earth. Abraham, who lived so long you know um solomon the wisest and richest man on earth like those are the standards that you get to live on so live by the bible and know that god can turn every to the point for god can turn everything for our good okay so it doesn't and back to this is like it doesn't matter if you're like i'm reading this and i'm learning you know the bible says that all scripture is god breathed and it's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable unto all things for doctrine, for teaching, for instruction, reproof, instruction, correction, and instruction for righteousness. So that you can um, you can be equipped for every good work. That's what the Bible says. I paraphrase a little bit. But 
Um, that's essentially what it is. The Bible, if you're reading the word and you're going, I don't live according to the Bible. Well, guess what? The Bible says that it's profitable for reproof. You can use this as a proof. You can use this to figure out what's wrong in your life and then you can use it to correct it. God does not bring you to conviction to show you what's wrong without a solution. You know, a lot of people right now, especially in the world, they're saying all the problems and no solution. All diagnosis, no healing, no remedy. But guess what? God is all diagnosis and solution because before there was even a problem, he had the solution already. So God has that power. So it does not matter what you're dealing with, what the situation looks like, what you're seeing in your life. We live by faith. We don't live by sight. So whatever you're seeing around you, you live by faith. It does not matter. If the Bible says, okay, if someone's, if the doctor says you're supposed to die, but the Bible says you will live, you will not die, you will by what the word of God says. If the Bible, if you know, they say, oh, you know what, you, you, um, you're going to like be bankrupt. And the Bible says that you will have more than enough then you believe the Bible. And when you let God in, you let the power of God into your life, God does the work. But here's the thing, the only way for God to move in your life is if you let him. Because God's a gentleman. He's not going to do things um, on his own accord, like against what you want. That's why we have free will. But you have to choose that you want God to come in. You got to choose. And you know, the Bible says that you need to seek him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You can't be half and half God. You can't be, I'm 90% the world and 10% God. Because guess what? That's not all God. The Bible says that he is a jealous God. He's not one to compete for your attention. You got to be fully sold out on God that he's the one who's going to do the work. And then he can come in and do the work. But you got to let him come in and tell him to do it and allow God to do it. Because until you do that, you're still based off your own. And then you're trying to do it in your own strength. And I don't know about you, but like, I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. <laughs> like, I can't do everything. And that's the humble thing there. I can't do everything, but I can do all things through Christ. Honestly, apart from Christ, I can do nothing. But with Christ, I can do everything. So pick a side and stick to it. All right? Because he can turn everything. And right now, when everything's turned in the wrong way, know that God can turn everything for our good. And hold on to that. So it's exciting to see um, when there's like things wrong to be like, oh, guess what? God's going to turn that. And I'm so excited. And you claim what you expect. You know, when you pray for things, don't just pray. Or like, if, let's say you have a child that is sick or you have a child who's backslidden and like not following the Lord. Don't just say, oh, Lord, like I pray that you make everything turn together for good. No, say, be specific. You know, Bishop Oyedepo said that um, that specific prayers are faithful prayers and vague prayers are faithless prayers. Something along those lines that like when you're vague, you actually have no faith. Because faith is specific and you need to know, already see it. So when you want something to happen, when you want something to turn, don't just say, turn it, Lord. And like, you know, because God can turn it, but you didn't give him any direction. So you need to say specifically what you want. If you want a household, you say, specifically, you say, Lord, I pray that my house will be sold um, soon in like two days. You you know, you whatever. You give a time frame, whatever you want. And then you go, I thank you that it's, I'm going to get sold for a top offer and that it's going to be so smooth and it's going to be so easy. And then you're going to direct the next steps and like be specific. The more specific you are, another pastor said, you need to be so specific so that you know who did it. Because if you only told God, like, I want this, this, and this, I had a pastor say that he said he wanted a car and they said to be specific. So he said, I want a white Toyota 2005 or whatever it was, stick shift automatic, um, slightly used car for this price or whatever. And God literally gave it. And he was like, I only told God I wanted that kind of car. He didn't tell anyone else that he wanted a Toyota white or whatever. He only told God. And then he knew God's the one who gave it to him because he was so specific. So be specific, okay? Number five, God will protect you. 
Okay, back to Acts 13.35. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Acts 13.35, it says... Wherefore he saith also in another psalm that thou shalt not that thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Another translation says, I will not allow my holy one to see corruption. He will protect you. Okay, I've heard so many stories. I was in a women's conference in Maui and this pastor was sharing how God had protected her from so many things. And she's just now seeing it now that she's older and she's learned about what was actually going on. But God had protected her and shielded her and preserved her. And that's why she is the woman she is today because God protected her. And that's true. God will protect. I've said the verse throughout this whole podcast, but he will not allow his holy ones to see corruption. His people, his children, he will protect you the same way a parent protects their child. You know, that's why parents shelter their kids because they don't want their kids to see how bad everything is. The same way that a parent does that, how much more your heavenly father who wants to protect you and not allow you to see corruption. So he's going to protect you. The Bible says that he is my shield and my fortress when I'm weak. You know, the Bible says that if you do the word, if you hear the word and you do it, your life is like a foundation that is on rock. And when winds come and seas come, or whatever, wind and seas come and try to hit it or whatever, it does not shake. It's not affected. Okay, but it says the ones who hear the word but they don't do it, they're like people who built their house upon the sand. And when things come, they just instantly fall down. Now, here's the thing. When you rely on God and you do what the word of God says, he protects you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. There is nothing in this world that could overcome. The Bible says that we overcome everything in this world. It is This is our victory, our faith. Our faith is, has the power to overcome everything. And so when you trust in God fully, literally, you are 100% protected. The devil is under your feet. There's nothing that the devil can throw at you that you can't surpass, that you can't come over. So that's their portion. So you're protected. When we go back to healing, you're protected from the virus. You can't get sick. when Because because the because greater is he who is living in you than he who is in the world. So Jesus Christ that is in you is greater than this coronavirus thing. You think that coronavirus, that God's word is true, but when it comes to coronavirus, the coronavirus all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, no one can stand? No. God, Jesus said he took all sickness and disease, all the ones listed in this word and the ones not listed in this word. Everything is covered. So you are protected, Okay. You're protected, but not just on, on a healing level, but also um, financially you're protected. In life you're protected. You know, the Bible says that he will protect his people. He will protect you. There is protection. And when there's protection, people feel good. That's why people get um, like security cameras, because they feel protected. That they know if at any sight of an alarm that the police are going to be there and the police are going to come and protect them. We have faith. We're able to breathe easy at night and sleep easy when we have when we have those because we know that there's someone protecting us. Well, guess what? God's better than a security camera. God's stronger than a police force gun. God is stronger than and he can protect you. The Bible says that um The Bible says that he will that God fights our battles for us. So, when you allow God to protect you, he is the one who goes out of the battlefield and he fights for you. So, when I say the protection thing cuz the security camera is not a good analogy because I mean, if someone breaks into your house, like Great, like you're there and they broke into you. But the Bible says, because God's better than a security camera, okay, he's better than police, he's God. And it says that he will fight your battles for you. The Bible says multiple times throughout Deuteronomy, he says, I am a guy, I am a God who fights for you. Take hold, take faith, I will fight for you. Be still and know that I am God. Why do we need to be still and know that he's God? Because God's got it all under control. And he's fighting on your behalf, he's protecting you. You know that you have angels at your disposal who protect you? 
I've shared this before, what have angels have literally come into my life and protected me, have shielded me from accidents and people coming to hurt me. God, God has protected me from so many things. You know, the, the amount of, um, like restoration that you've seen in your life of like where there's been a problem and then God's come and healed it. I hundred percent guarantee that there is more that God's protected you from that never even came to you than you've been delivered from. Because God's constantly protecting you and taking care of you. And if you just knew the amount of things that God's done to protect you, you'd be amazed by how many battles that you didn't have to fight because God already fought it for you. So that you just walked in ease. That's what the Bible says, that when you allow God to do the work, um, He goes before you and He breaks down every gate, every wall, and He breaks it for you so that you can just walk in stride. Um, Kenneth Hagin said, when I get in line with God's purpose, I learn how to rest because God planned everything and he did everything. And I just get to walk in it knowing he already took care of everything. So know that God protects you. Numbers, that's number five. God protects you. Number six, God guides you. The Bible says that the Bible is a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. In a world where everything's dark, when nothing is certain in this world, the Bible says that it will be a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. It will show you where to go. The Bible, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will tell you, will show you where to go. You know, you don't need to do U-turns and figure it out on your own. God will literally guide you on a day-to-day in every area of your life. You know, this morning, um, so simple. Um, I was driving to work and um, the Holy Spirit said, there's going to be a, like, there's going to be traffic up there. Switch lanes and turn left now. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, that's weird. Like, um, he said, actually, this is what happened. I'm driving, it's like on a hill so you can kind of see like the lower roads and the Holy Spirit was like, you don't go the same way you usually go. Like, cause you know when you drive to work, you like drive so aimlessly. Like I kind of like, you don't think about where you're going because you drive the same road all the time that you kind of just get there without thinking. And God like kind of spoke to me. I was like, hey, well, be aware of where you're going today. And I was like, what? And then I look up, um, cause otherwise I wouldn't, I don't look around. I don't look at signs when I know where I'm going. I just kind of go. And I look up and it says like, um, expect delays, there's construction, and the thing actually says, take a different route, so after God told me, you know, pay attention where you're going, don't go the same way, I see a sign, literally a yellow neon sign that says, take a different route, and so then I took a different route, and I got to work, um, just a couple minutes late, but that wasn't on my bad, that was just like, because I left late, but God tells you, he guides you on a day-to-day, so that was just this morning, but even in life, God's guided me, and you know what I learned is, um, when you let God guide you, you only go the right way because <laughs> you only go the right way because I used to live my life and I've shared this before but I used to live my life where I planned it out I figured it out and then if there were mishaps along the way like what they teach you right make a plan a and then if things come up make a plan b accordingly make a um a backup plan and that's what I did and I would constantly find myself having to make new plans and I'd constantly be sad or um, let down or disappointed because the plans weren't perfect but guess what and then Um, and then when I was like 20, 19, around that age, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I've, I've lived my life up to 19 doing it my own without like, I rarely sought God out. You know, the Bible says the, whoever seeks him finds him. I rarely sought God out. I was like, my life is good. I'm a straight A student. I can get the scholarships. I know how to get the life I want to live. I thought I figured it out. And then at 19, I realized no matter how much you think you figured life out, I think every 20 year old goes through this when they graduate uh, high school that they realize how much they actually can't figure it all out on their own. And that's why people go through like these life crises and why people in their 20s like find themselves because they realize that they don't actually know um, everything. And so at 19, I was like, God, I want to like seek out and I want you to guide me. I don't want to make decisions based off my own like wants or like 
you know, whatever selfish reasons I had, I was like, I know that what you have for me is greater and I would rather do whatever you call me to do. And I, I um, Bishop Oedepo says this thing where he says, you need to get to a point where you say, um, if God can't give it to me, I don't want it. If God can't make it happen for me, let it remain undone. And whatever God can't take me, let me not go there. Like essentially I got to that point where I, I heard that and I was like, wow, um, like that's full surrender. But that's the only way when you fully surrender your life to God God has access to like 100% of your life and then 100% of your life thrives. You know what I found that I when I had given about I probably gave I probably surrendered 5% of my life to God, you know, the Sunday morning and a couple Bible studies. I surrendered 5% of my life. So 5% of my life was immensely blessed, but only 5%. But when I surrendered 100% of my life, every area of my life got blessed. And that takes us to number seven. God blesses you. When you let him in, he blessed you. You know, you read Psalms 1. It says, blessed is the man. Everything, also throughout the whole of Psalms, it's like, blessed is a person who does this. Blessed is this person. If you do this, you'll be blessed. What is blessings? Blessing um, is when God gives you something, I feel like, is what my definition is. Because, like, people do nice things for you, and it's great, and, like, it's a little blessing. But when God blesses you, the blessings never stop giving. Like, the gifts never stop giving. The blessings never stop growing. The fruit of your harvest never stop, like... Um, growing like it just continues like because God is a God of life and um, the Bible says that when you get born again you are now born of imperishable seed no longer perishable things in your life last now the Bible says we want to have long-lasting fruit in our lives well guess what when God blesses you the fruit lasts it's not just a little quick fix here you go and it moves on no God continuously blesses you and your life you just live in the blessings of God and when we go back to Deuteronomy 28, you can either live in the blessings or the curses of God. You can pick one side. And when you live in the blessings, it's that the portion is above only never beneath. That no matter where you are in life, you will only be above. That you will be the head and not the tail. No matter where you are, whatever, no matter what position, no matter how long you've been in a job, you will be the head and not the tail. And I lived it. I was working at Starbucks and I was the head and I was brand new and I was on top. Like it happens. God does that. That's your portion and you hold God to his word. And he blesses you. And like, I like, I'm so amazed. You know, they say um, in um, the Bible, Philippians um, chapter four, verse six, it says that be careful, um, be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. When you start thanking God for things, like literally it like multiplies. And that's what you have to get to a point where you need to like thank you, like thank God for all the blessings he's given you. And then it just multiplies, you know? So, yeah, those are the seven things that God has the power to do. He has the power to heal you. He has the power to provide for you. He has the power to give you peace. He has the power to turn everything for our good. He has the power to protect you. The power of God guides you. He has the power to guide you and bless you. So in this season right now where everyone's kind of like, where do we draw our faith? What, what do we turn to? Like, turn to the power of God and let God move and let him in, you know? The Bible says that God is just looking... He, you know, in, in Psalms, he goes, is there anyone among you who is holy, who is looking to be used, who wants to see the move of God? God's looking. Let Open up your heart, open up your life for God to move and let the power of God that surpasses understanding do his work. Let him do his thing. Let God do God because, listen, y'all, God is a God of good and the devil is the person of bad. So everything good comes from God and everything bad comes from the devil. So as soon as you realize that, get under God and just expect all the good things from God. Because God has the power to turn everything, to change everything. And in 
Um, Jonathan Shuttlesworth always says, it doesn't matter where you are. You're only, it just takes one moment in the presence of God for everything to turn around, for everything to change. One moment in the presence of God. The power of God is so powerful that nothing bad can stand in it. And when you're in that, you just live a life that's easy. It's exciting. When I say easy, like you're not constantly like up and down, like you thrive and God just increases you and he just blesses you and you, nothing is better than living in the middle of God's will. So allow, like, let God in, you know, surrender hundred percent of your life to God, every area and read the word of God and rely on it because the only way you're going to know God, um, a pastor said this, like you don't know God unless you know his word. So read the word of God so you can know who God is. I have a better understanding of who God is through his word. You know, they always say that. People who said, oh, I'm just led by the Spirit. Kenneth Hagin says, um, read the Word first and then be led by the Spirit. Because God moves within His Word. God is, He's not going to move anything that negates His Word because His Word is true and it doesn't change. And so, likewise, so God doesn't change. So what He said before, that's still the same way He stands on the subject. So just read the Word, you know, and I pray for fresh revelations on your life. That when you read the Word of God, you have these fresh revelations that you get, have a, like, a revelation is like revealing the truth. You understand who God is. You have the mighty understanding of the truth. And then when you have the truth, the truth has people free. The truth has the power to cast out all fear. And it, it sets you free. Whatever is holding you back and like restricting you from uh, um, having all the blessings of God, the truth is the thing that sets you free. So educate yourself and know. That's why I taught you a little bit about what God has for you, what God's power can do. Because these were things that I like recently learned in my own life and it's tr supernaturally changed my life. So understand who God is, the power of God, and rely on his power. Rely on who God is. Be still and know that I am God. Don't freak out. Don't run around and be scared. It says be still and know that I am God. Know that in this moment that God is still God. It doesn't matter what's happened in the world. God is still God. He's still on his throne. He's still doing what he's been doing. He's still planning what he's been planning. He still has deliverance. Those, You know, all those things, deliverance, healing, all those things are still part of God's plan. God never changes. So even though the world's freaking out and the world's shutting down, guess what? God never changed. So rely on God. You know, I had a meeting with my staff this morning and they were saying, you know, how blessed we are because we're all, we're all saved. And they're like, well, how blessed we are that we can turn to God in this time. That we know that we can turn to God. That when everything is falling apart, we know who to turn to, who doesn't fall apart, who never misses a mark, who is perfect, who has all things under control. We know who to turn to. So this is just maybe a reminder for you guys to turn back to God in everything and just believe in his power and who he is because he has the power to do everything. So and when you realize that there's peace. And then you can live the life that God wants for you, that God has for you, that God's laid out for you already. He prepared it for you. So, you know, surrender your stuff and take in God's stuff because this stuff's way better. Amen? All right. I love you. Be empowered. God is so good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Be blessed. And um, I'm excited to see the testimonies and hear about all the good things that God's done for you. You know, let us know. Message us on Instagram. Contact us. Um, we would love to know if, like, these messages impact you, if you learned anything, if you've implemented anything in your life and you've seen the fruit. You know, we love to hear about it because, you know, when we open up a testimony, when we share a testimony, we open up the atmosphere for God to do it again. So let us know. Um, reach out if you um, want prayer, if you're saying, I just need to talk to someone, you know, reach us out on our Instagram, Kings Chapel Canada, um, and we would love to pray for you, you know, send you a prayer, uh, send us specifics and we'll pray for you, you know, we're here as a body of Christ to demonstrate God's power, so we want to demonstrate God's power, so 
you know, don't be shy. If you like, listen, I need God in my life. I need the move of God. I need to see his power. Reach out to us. We would love to pray for you. And we believe that when we pray, the Bible says that a prayer of a righteous person availeth much. You know what that means? A prayer of a righteous person makes a lot of things available. So whatever has been holding back, whatever has been like taken, the prayer makes things available. It brings things into reality. It brings things, um, it makes things come forth until we see it. So don't deny the power of God and the power that he allows us. You know, God shares his power and he uses us to do it. And it's so exciting to be used by God. So yeah, reach out to us. We love you. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Please write a review and share the podcast. God bless.